This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Designed specifically for venture-backed startups, Brex is the perfect corporate card for fast-growing companies. Head to brex.com and sign up with the promo TFR to get waived card fees for life. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another special release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts discuss a startup that they did invest in, what the key factors were that led to yes, and how that investment has worked out. Here's the segment called Why I Invested. On today's special segment, we have Jeffrey Carter. Jeffrey, can you tell us a story about a startup that you did decide to invest in, what it was that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far? I invested in Ycharts in their first round. I got the company because it was financial services. I have a financial services background, so I got that. But the thing that really impressed me about the company at an early stage was Sean. And it's been very, very interesting to continue to invest. I invested in the rounds after and watching them develop. And I think the company from its inception in 2009, when I first heard about it to today, is similar but different. and the playing field that it's playing on is bigger than it used to be. The execution of the team is a little different and the focus of the team is a little different. So it's been fun to watch them. I wouldn't call it a pivot, but a transition. And that's been cool. Another one that's been really interesting to watch is Kapow Events where, you know, I was kind of the first check in the deal. Others came in, wrote much bigger checks than I did. But when I met them, it was two guys in a box an office in the Sears Tower. And my wife actually talked to them. We actually worked with them on their business model even and and talked to them about it and developed a relationship with Dan and Mark over three or four months, wrote the check, and they have just executed like crazy. And everything with them wasn't perfect either. I mean, people look at them now, they're adding a new city every 20 days. They're growing like crazy and they're really doing well. But, you know, in the early days of that company, They could have failed just like everybody else. So that's been very, very interesting to watch. They all go through growing pains. But at a seed stage level, if you back a great entrepreneur, they can figure out how to survive. Sam Rosen is a guy like that with death time. And Sam is still at it with death time. He's transitioned the company a little bit. I wouldn't call it a pivot. I call it a little bit of a transition. And he seems to have found something that's working and he's going with it. That's been a lot of fun to see him develop as an entrepreneur and see him sort of move his idea around to find the fit, you know, find that product market fit. It can be totally frustrating, but once you find it, it's exhilarating and it's exhilarating for investors too. You got in at the seed round with Kapow. That business model is blowing up. And I was over there the other day meeting with Saad at their office over here on Mm -hmm. Wacker and Lake. And the cool factor of their office is pretty awesome, too, with the, the bar in the lobby there and the, yeah. the massive moose the head. 
Um, but you and I were talking about Dabble recently. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit more about Dabble? Well, Dabble, I saw them pitch in an HPA, what we call it, an ambassador circle meeting in January of 2012. And in that room, it happened to be the tech, the digital IT tech people. And none of them got it, but I did, or thought I did. I talked with the founders, worked with the founders, wound up leading in a small HPA investment. And there were a lot of trials and tribulations with the founders. They moved away, and they eventually abandoned the company. And the interesting thing about that company was the idea was so good that with nobody working on it full-time, are really tending it or pushing it and no money, it survived. And a new CEO fell into our lap. He saw Dabble online. He called them up and said, can I start this in my town? And we said, by all means, and this guy hustled his ass off and the company's starting to thrive. And it just took a change of a jockey with a pretty great idea to make the company go. So they're raising another seed round of capital at this point, even though the company has been around for a long time and a long time in startup parlance, I think since 2012, but they're raising a round of capital and they're in three cities and they're doing well and you know we'll see where it goes. So I just love the hustle in CEO though. He's just a tremendous, tremendous person. Happens to be an ultra marathoner as well. So he knows how to go the distance. Whoa. <laughs> Hopefully we can get together again next year in a couple of years and talk about the success story of Dabble. Yeah, somebody called them up from Zurich, Switzerland, and they sell out classes in Zurich, Switzerland. So they're actually international in scope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, it's just funny. Feels a little like a Groupon or a belly in terms of that channel rollout and... uh I think the target market is definitely the same. It's a different concept, and it's one where the owner of the SMB doesn't have to give up anything to get customers in the door. They actually get customers. They get something and customers in the door. So it's a twist on that strategy. Awesome. On today's special segment, we have Eric Gasser. Eric, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest? what the key factors were that led you to yes and how that investment has worked out so far. One of the great companies that I thought was solving a problem, and there's a few other people doing this out there, is called Portfolium. The CEO was a young kid when I first met him. And he has an amazing backstory where an angel gave him some capital and said, look, I believe in what you're doing. I'm just going to give you a check and just go. So he gave him a check. He went to build out this platform to allow, basically think of it as the LinkedIn for college students, right? It's been done a hundred times and I get it, but this guy had a unique spin on it. He built something similar to solve a, a really hard problem for himself when he graduated from school to get himself a job. He realized that for him to be successful, he needed to go back to school and learn how to code so he could build this thing. Because he knew the seed money he had gotten, he wasn't going to be able to pay someone to do it. It just wasn't enough. So instead of beg, borrow, and steal, and all the other friends and fools and all that fun stuff, he went back to school, spent some time, while he was in school, wrote, built out an MVP, and then he came to Tech Coast Angels. And he said, look, I've got one of the largest employers for college graduates in the country. I've got great connections with the school system here in San Diego and California. We really think there's something here. 
it was one of those things where I could see what he was building. I could see what he was doing. And it was kind of a no brainer for me. It was kind of like he's solving a problem that needs to be solved. And he's doing it really, really intelligently. And he was thinking about revenues, but they weren't actually driving his decision making. The customer was driving the decision making. And that meant a ton to me because typically what happens is the founders, once they see cash, they gravitate towards the cash and lose focus on the customer, especially at this early stage. And so during the due diligence meeting, we were done. He was going through a local incubator at the time and I grabbed him, the advisor. I pulled him aside. I said, look, how much do you need to stay alive for the next three months so that we can go through due diligence? We can syndicate this deal, everything we need to keep it going. And I was willing to write a check right then solely based on the fact that someone else believed in him, which that could mean I'm crazy. But when someone writes a check and says, just go away and build it, that means something, right? The next element was that he really believed in his customer and didn't want to pivot or shift his model to follow the cash. I believed in that model. So since then, The company's gone through a little restructure. They launched their mobile app. They've got revenues that are, in my opinion, they're doing great. They're solving a hard problem and they're they're getting people out of college jobs, which is great. Which sounds kind of weird, right? When you graduate college, aren't you just supposed to get a job? (laughs) Right? Like you, you graduate college and you get a job. The research is totally counterintuitive, right? The research is once you get out of you can't find a job because you've never had a job before. So no, they're solving really our problem. They had to go through some operational changes. They launched their mobile app. They're killing it. They're doing great. And they'll be on their next V2 and all that stuff probably in the next three to five months. So be on the lookout for them, especially if you're a student here in California. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Your startup is going to change the world and the right corporate card will get you there even faster. The Brex Corporate Card for Startups offers 10 to 20 times higher limits than traditional corporate cards, automated expense tools, and huge rewards like four times points back on travel, three times back on restaurants, and two times back on recurring SaaS spend. And all with no personal guarantee. Sign up at brex.com and get waived card fees for life with the code TFR. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Assure. For over three years, Newstack has been raising capital on a deal-by-deal basis, allowing individual investors to select each startup investment. Assure is the company behind the scenes that powers this process. When we have 10, 20, or 30 angels investing in a startup, we can't put all those folks directly on the startup's cap table. So those investors are rolled into a special purpose vehicle that occupies just one line item on the cap table. And Assure handles all ongoing fees, finances, and K-1s for us. We pay a one-time upfront fee, and avoid all the required yearly admin filings and bills. If you run an angel group, or you would like your LPs to invest in deal-by-deal sidecars, go to assure.co slash TFR for 20% off your first SPV. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. <laughs> 
Today we have Rob Go of NextView Ventures. Rob, can you talk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far? I should have prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> pick a good one. Uh, I'll try not to pick a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, we invested in a company, I think a, a year ago called Sunrise, which is a mobile calendar application led by, uh, Pierre Vallade and Jeremy Levan at, who are both formerly at Foursquare. And there's a couple of things that I was really excited about for that company. One, from a category standpoint, I think that the calendar and scheduling space is super interesting. Because, you know, if you think about the productivity software that everybody uses, there's a few pieces of software that we use multiple times a day, every single day, and Calendar is one of them. It's also one of the native mobile applications that there isn't a dominant third-party app that is uh, insanely popular, or there wasn't at the time, right? So, you know, Evernote was there for notes. Mailbox had just come onto the scene and was doing really well. And, you know, there are other examples like that. So, I thought Sunrise had great potential in that area and the data that's being collected about what people have done, who they're doing it with, what their intent is, is really, really valuable. The, so that was one of the, the areas that was really interesting. The other was that the team I thought was obsessive, as you've said in the past, around product quality and product design. And that was really what was going to win in this market. You know, we talked to a bunch of other companies in the similar space that had a big focus around artificial intelligence and things like that to try to anticipate what you're going to be doing or how to master scheduling or what information you want to see in context of your meetings. And Pierre and Jeremy's focus was there's a lot of things that are broken that don't require fancy rocket science. It's just about making something insanely intuitive and simple to use. And from there, we can start to build other protective modes around the business. And I appreciated that strategy because it allowed them to get to market much more quickly than the competitors. It allowed them to iterate much more quickly over time and led them to become probably one of the top third-party calendar applications out there in the on the App Store. If you look at an app, Annie, they're well ahead of Mailbox, for example, which is an interesting comp for them in the productivity uh, category. And I say the third thing, also related to the team, is one of the things I look for when I do due diligence calls is what I call superlative feedback about founders. And when I do a reference call, I always say, so, you know, how does this person stack up with other designers, product people, business people that you've worked with in the past? And I, I distinctly remember talking to some of their former colleagues, and I'd say, so were they in the top 5%, 10%, 20%? And the response was, no, these guys are the best, by far number one. And so, again, in the power law kind of view of the world, when you hear somebody's the best, that's usually a pretty fantastic sign. That will wrap up this installment of Investor Stories. Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. Until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening.